This is a 315 podcast. My name is Keith and alongside is Chris and we're excited that you have joined our podcast today. This podcast is a ministry of Jackson First Baptist Church. We are a group of Christians who follow Christ and are committed to giving you God's answers for the issues of the day. So welcome. Today's subject matter is a very important one for our, what's going on in the world today. Here is the, here's our topic. Is war ever the right thing? Chris, as we gather around this mic today to talk together, there's a lot going on in the world. There is, and there's a lot of things that uh, oftentimes uh, we sit and we ponder, and when we see tensions rising across the, the all scenarios, whether it's to the south of us, whether it's North Korea, whether it's the tensions between uh, Russia and, and the U.S., we sit and we ponder um, of everything that's becoming like a melting pot of conflict is the concept of, well, are we headed to another war? And, and if we're headed there, then where, um, as Christians, should we fall on that subject? And that, that's, that's a good summary of what we're going to talk about today, uh, because, as you said, our, our world is certainly a melting pot. And a book I'm reading right now called World on Fire, uh, where that the author puts this point that, that she says this. She said that all of the embers for the fire are there, but it takes humans uh, to, to light the match. And that's really kind of where I want to focus with you today. Because some people say, well, what kind of podcast is about war? Well, remember this, and Chris, we've talked about this in, in every podcast. We come at everything from, from a, the lens of Scripture. Yes. Because without the lens of Scripture, we, we can be a part of lighting the fire instead of bringing peace to the world. With the subject of war, uh, we all bring different opinions to the matter. Um, part of that comes from us having a mental condition about that based off our upbringing or um, how others have taught us over the years. Um, what was a position you were conditioned from a childhood? Well, different than you because you grew up in a di different time, being that we're 20 uh, years difference, a little over that in age. I grew up in a sheltered time. It was at the end of the Vietnam War, and being that I w was from Kentucky and the hills of Kentucky, I really wasn't exposed to it. And so when I would hear people, when I went to Liberty uh, University in Lynchburg, Virginia, I was suddenly thrown into a melting pot of people from around the world. I started hearing things like, I grew up in a war zone. And, I, you know, for me, that automatically went to on, on the field of battle somewhere. And then I heard things like this. The war zone was in my street, and, and the war zone was inside my home. And then for me, my mental condition had changed because the only concept I had of war was of a world war or as a, a national conflict. But it was different for you, I'm sure. It was. Uh, for me, it wasn't really a concept of something I thought about all the time. Um, I, I mean, through my uh, childhood, you know, we came out of Desert Storm mm -hmm. and, and, and all the things that were, you know, surrounding that. But it didn't become a reality until 9-11 uh, happened. Because everything that we had been taught in school or everything that we had looked at was always something that happened in the past. Um, it was always something that happened generations before. But war didn't become a reality in my life until uh, the Trade Center um, attack. Mm -hmm. and, and then it was like, oh, this is, you know, it's a reality. It's not just something we read about, but it's something that's happening now. And, I, I mean, I remember where I was in uh, middle school at that time um, in homeroom and watching you know, the plane hit uh, the second tower. 
and just thinking like, what is this? What's going on? And, and, and at that time, living in a military community, it was even more, um, you know, heightened of a response because, you know, they shut down the schools, they sent us home for that. And then we realized, wow, this is, this isn't just something that I'm reading about. It's something that's going to be affecting, you know, us. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's different when it becomes a reality. And, and when it becomes that reality, too, and, and let's just dig here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hope that as, as you listen to us, maybe you're driving down the road or, or wherever, you just realize we're, we're two guys uh, sit, sitting in a room with, with a table, both of us with a, with, with a Bible and, and the geeky iPads and iPhones mm-hmm. up with, with, with those type things. Uh, but when you've experienced something and it's fresh to you, your radar's up. Yeah. But like right now, and you lead our family life pod, what do you think that the, the high school kids thinking when they see the, the, the high detention in the Ukraine uh, in versus Romania? I, I think for this generation, I don't know if it's a um, reality unless they're already planning on going into the military or part of like an ROTC program. Um, I don't, I think... And and I don't know if it's because of the way politics are now with, um, you know, such a divisive and and the media stream that you go through will heighten the effect of what's going on around the world. And so uh, for the average high schooler, I don't know if it's a full reality to them yet. I think it's still something of, okay, well, there's something happening there, but I don't see how this will affect me right now in this moment, which we would know that if something does happen, it'll definitely impact um, each each generation uh, to come. Um, and so uh, it's, I think, helping them understand that, that the significance of what's going on in the world uh, can make an impact of where they are now. You know, um, thinking through that and, and trying mm-hmm. to con- converse a little bit, I received an email from a person this week, well, a teenager, mm-hmm. I actually received several, but uh, the teenager said this for the first time they realized that adults had carried them through everything yeah and and a lot of times um, particularly the younger generation hopefully there are many students listening to us and hopefully you'll send questions to us uh just address them to the 315 podcast at jacksonfbc.com but I, I think that many people are just saying well they'll take care of that yeah but the bible doesn't teach that at all that the Bible teaches us that we should be actively involved. And, and I want to do this topic today because in any moment, the world changes. We saw that in 9-11. Uh, you've seen that other conflicts. Last night, for example, uh, I, I used an illustration about how that when the Lord comes, for me it reminds me of that great scene where World War II ended and there the jubilation of all the parades. Mm-hmm. And uh, an older man came up to me who's in his 90s. And he had tears in his eyes, and he said, unless you've been through something like that, you don't know the, the relief when it's over. And so I want to do this podcast on this particular thing so that we could say that no matter if your war zone is overseas in a conflict or if it was a national conflict or in your home, you've, you've got to embrace it. You can't hide from it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> following a little bit of the politics that – I did um, in in really getting into the last couple election cycles uh, and and just seeing how that was unfolding. One of the underlining themes there uh, was the prospect of a 
another civil war. It was something that was being pushed because of such high tensions of what was going on nationally that I did have kids say, do you think there's a chance that we could really have this? And I'm like, you better pray we don't. That's you know, right. we got we to gotta pray that we don't. But uh, you bring a good point back around that regardless of what our war is or our conflict is, we don't run from that. But we got to learn how to embrace it and, and essentially tackle it head on. Um, and so with that being said, if someone comes to us and says, all right, um, is war bad? Is it is it good? Uh, uh, can I participate? Should I not participate? Uh, what's some uh, places in Scripture that you would help lead them to to, to kind of grasp a concept of our involvement in that? Well, that's a, a really good question. I would, I would back out of it, though, and, okay. and, and would say, not out of the question, but I'd back out of the generality, and I would ask them, is, is, this, is this a conflict? For instance, if it's a yeah. civil war, if it came to America now, before it was between states, mm-hmm. and now it might be between a Democrat or Republican, you know, or, or some other viewpoint. So I would back out and say specifically what type of war. Yeah. And then which would lead, lead us, as you know, the, the classic text from Scripture. And someone said, well, how many times does it have to say in Scripture for it's, for it's authentic? One. It has to say yeah. it one time. Mm-hmm. And that's, it says here in Romans 13 that government, according to verse 4 of Romans 13, is that they are authorized to bear the sword. And, and so war is justified if it, ha- if it has certain uh, purposes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, unjustified if it's genocide, for example, yeah. uh, if it's pushing my agenda or whatever. And uh, we, we actually did some, did some research, and, and, and here's one that, that comes to mind that uh, I can't remember the website, but you know this, Chris, there's, there's only been uh, in the history of the world, uh, which we believe in a young earth, six to 8,000 years, there's only been 60 years in that period of time there's not been some either a world war mm-hmm. or a national war. So that means it's, it's more significant than people realize. Yeah. Because right, I can't remember the exact numbers, but right now there are wars all over uh, the world. And so according to Romans 13, though, uh, there's, there's three particular functions that the government has in relationship to, to war. Sometimes if order is, is, has been completely lost, uh, war can be to reestablish that. Also to protect humanity. Uh, we, we would say certainly not the Civil War, uh, the North proposed that they they went to war to free the slaves, but that really never happened. Yeah. But we would have to say that our being involved in World War II uh, was, and even when we got in, if you if you know the history of that, still yet they did not really the Jewish uh, cause was not the main reason. Yeah. But for as a Christian, that would be a main reason for us to protect humanity and then to punish evil. Because if, if evil in the world is left unchecked, we, we can't imagine the anarchy that would be. So that's, that's one particular scripture. Okay, so yeah, that makes, that makes it a little bit easier to understand. Because I remember uh, when I was in high school, uh, there was a chance I was going to go into the military. Uh, as I was preparing for that, I read scriptures like if you get slapped on the, mm-hmm. the cheek oh, turn yeah. um, and give the other side. Or... Um, not to, you know, that's on retaliation, but also how to love your enemies right after that um, in, in the Sermon on the Mount. And, and I remember being in that split conviction of, okay, well, I know there's a role for that, um, but 
does it still justify me being a part of it, an enabler of that? Because sometimes throughout our history as a nation, there have been causes that we've been justly on the side of, and then there have been causes that we've been unjustly on the mm-hmm. side of. So as a serviceman, if I'm, if I'm at that prospect of going in, then how do I balance of carrying out um, the just or even the unjust acts? Um, how, how would you help me? through that or I I would first say to anyone that your first first responsibility is to research Mm -hmm. um, to see if that now if there's a national draft uh, according to scripture I believe we have responsibility as a nation to be involved uh, because of that but at the the same time if it's something that's free to you to do at that point for me I would do do the research Uh, one of the the great Americans uh, from, from Tennessee of all places, Sergeant York, uh, if you know anything about his life in World War I, uh, he became a conscientious objector at first. And, but his pastor from Romans 13, from Exodus 20, from several other passages, said to him, at least go to the basic training. And when he went to basic training, he said, he said this, he said, I realized that there was something bigger than I realized. Hmm. And that, that was that evil was going to progress and he said, and I love what he, what he said, and this is a direct quote. This is not the movie verse. Yeah. The direct quote from his life was that he said this, I realized I was going to war not to take life, but to protect life. But in order to protect the life, I would end up having to take life. Mm-hmm. And I, I, for me, that is the thing. Am I protecting and I'm furthering freedom? Uh, one of the books that we often will try to bring books to you it's it's a weighty book, but it, it's it's one of the greatest books I've ever read on politics and everything else. is called Politics According to the Bible, a comprehensive resource for understanding modern political issues in light of Scripture uh, by Dr. Wayne Gruden. Again, it's Politics According to Scripture. And he, he outlines in the, in chapter, I think chapter 11, about national defense. And, he's, and he talks about a just cause. And that's what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. is, it a, is it a just cause? And in Revelation 19 and 11, we have a moral obligation to defend a nation that is living a moral life. And so for me, that's, that's where I would land. I wish Pastor Kerry was here. Yeah. Those of you that, that know our church, Pastor Kerry uh, has been our executive pastor and worship pastor and is now full-time back in the military. That is his conviction. And I think you would say too, Chris, and he would tell us, there are other ways to serve other than being on the front line Yeah, because he's a chaplain. So there, there's that way as well. Yeah, and I think the passion of wanting to be in um, at that time in high school was because of the experience of being in the community mm-hmm. that I was um, and then still that reality of 9-11 and that we were still in the war. Um, and, and so it was one of those things where as I was weighing that, um, I knew that if I enlisted that the chances are I would be up front and, um, you know, the willingness to be able to take a life when, you know, we're reminded in Exodus twenty thirteen, you shall not murder. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, when, <laughs> when we aren't careful sometimes, uh, and, and I know in my life, I'll look at certain verses outside of the context of scripture. That's, that's and we important. talked about that, um, in, in one of our earlier podcasts. And when we do that, we can bend the truth to make it sound like we want to. And then, for our younger uh, people in faith, that's where the confusion sets in on um, what's 
just, what's unjust, what's worth pursuing, what's not worth pursuing. Um, does the Bible contradict itself in this uh, concepts? And and so far, what we've talked about, it doesn't contradict itself. It just means that there um, there are different areas that the Exodus twenty thirteen passage doesn't apply to the Romans thirteen. Um, in, Total in, two different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, do you want to help well, us walk through that a little bit more, or do you I, want I, me to go? I I do, but well, I want you to help us walk through it okay. as well. But I think I want to back up for just a moment because I'm getting old. I'll forget to finish to finish out the, the thought about whether it's a just war or not. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that uh, Wayne Gruden says in, in the systematic theology of the in in, in politics, he says this: uh, uh, you, there must be a right intention, and there must also be a probability of success, which says this: that if I do this, the the right response is going to be. And, and he says this. That scripture teaches us our purpose is never to be in a war to rob, pillage, or destroy another nation. Our purpose is always, according to scripture, to redeem and free. And that, that's really important because I, I, I would get behind our nation in a moment if we're going to free in Syria, yeah. uh, in China. I, I don't want to go to war with China. I don't go to war with anybody. I don't want anyone's yeah. lives to be taken. But sometimes if there's no other way, if there's, you know, with no diplomatic way of doing it, then we have a responsibility because you say, well, how can you say that? Well, and nothing else. I could say it bottom line. That's what Jesus did. He, he left the comfort of heaven and came to this war zone and put his life on the line and gave his life uh, so that, that we, we, we could have that. And, and so if, if you're considering military listening today, mm-hmm. uh, it's an honorable profession, extremely honorable profession. It, it is not for everyone. But I, I would say this now, if war came to our country and is a just cause, I, I, even at my age, I would say I'll go because our freedom is worth that. Okay. So for those who press back then, um, and, and we kind of see it from both sides of things. We see people that, that will press back on, say, you know, under no circumstances, is that okay? Um, and and we, I've already mentioned it, you know, with the – in scripture with the now shall not kill or, or that right. shall not murder. Um, we're not looking at it as, as that is like all murder is unjust. Right. So, That's right. so if there are just w- causes for murder um, and unjust causes, let's walk through what that, that, that would look like. Um, and so uh, now we did talk a, a briefly about the 10 commandments and we know um, that those were uh, passed from God to Moses, to his people. It reveals uh, his heart for how we should live and conduct ourselves, right? And how we should, um, you know, put him above all things. All of it leads to our relationship with him and then our relationship That's with right. others. Um, and so when we look at that and we come back to this um, unjust and just way of of taking life, of, of how, how we can cross that threshold, uh, then then how can we walk through that together? How can we walk through when it when it's right and when it's not right, and and then base that you know helping people understand um, how this fits into war as mm-hmm. well. Well, you said it correctly, setting setting me up in a good way and a, a good softball pitch is that it has to be in the context mm-hmm. and that. So Romans thirteen is addressing government and war. Uh, Exodus twenty is not addressing war. Yeah. Exodus 20 is, as you said, 
addressing the relationship that we have with God and then the relationship out of that drives how we relate to other people. And so when he says, thou shall not murder, the, the word there is that when there's an unlawful and ungodly taking of a life. Hmm. That is what, he, and really, uh, I did a series several year, years ago about the 10 words from God. And one of the, the great books that I, I read uh, was a book called Written in Stone. Ter, ter, tremendous read uh, where that the author says this about this particular commandment. It, it's about the value of life. And when someone says, I'm not going to war because I value life, I'll say to them, that's a, that's a great reason. But at the same time, it, you may have to go because you really do value life. Yeah. And we talked about that earlier. But coming back here, uh, the, the murder he's speaking about here is something that's unlawful. And, and I, I've li- listed just a few of them, and we've, we've hit some of these in previous uh, times of uh, podcasts. Uh, abortion is murder. It's unlawful taking. Even though it's been lawed by man, it's not lawed by mm. God. Infanticide, euthanasia, assisted suicide, genocide, ethnic cleansing. Th- these, these are things, when God says these things, uh, there's premeditated murder. Uh, homicide is out of that. And we would say scripturally says that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. There's just judgment uh, that comes for that. But what's, what God's revealing in Exodus to Israel is you must check your heart. Because mm-hmm. if your heart's not correct, uh, you can murder character. Yeah, We've talked about that many times. Yeah, I mean, Jesus brings that to life on the Sermon on the Mount, that he says, you know, you've heard it said before, you can do an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you that you shouldn't even look on a person uh, with the intent in your heart because you commit murder that way yeah. or call them a fool. Um, and and so when we, when we talk through that it's unlawful to kill these, well, you had made mention that even if it's um, accepted by the government, um, you know, abortion, for right. instance, and then how do we as Christians come out of that, that cycle? Is it, and what I mean by that is people who have committed that. Uh, I was watching, uh, there's a movie that's planning to come out and I think it's May. Um, and I was watching the preview of it and they, they had mentioned in it that, uh, 40% of abortions that were committed in the United States um, that 40% of those attended church a month before they committed that wow. abortion. And so an estimate, if you did a million children, then 400,000 of those would have been from church attending people. And, and we, we both agree that that is an unlawful taking a life. Um, we believe that that is a sin, uh, but something that is commonly accepted in this as such, how do you, what's a, a general word to help walk them uh, back out of that, and then also why we are so against against that in general. Well, take the commandments, for example. If you walk down through that, God said that you shall love me and have no other gods before me. Why would we love God? We we love God because he's the creator. We love God because he's not only the creator, he's the sustainer of life. We are like on any other of the creation. We're his highest creation. He's given us life. And so what you do with a person is to walk them down and retrain them. Mm-hmm. Because when we say it's unlawful, we're saying according to God. Okay. And so there's generations been raised now that turned around uh, who created me. 
And since if I'm the creator, I, I, I'm in charge of every decision. And so when I meet with a person of, of that way, and we do sometimes, and by the grace of God, people like our Butts County Pregnancy Center, pregnancy centers all over the country, teach from perspective that says that that which is inside of you is life, and it is a human being. And when it says, thou shalt not murder, it's saying that which is a human life, which, by the way, in, in the womb uh, is not evil or good. Mm. Now, I know I've got some Reformed brothers that may argue with me at that point. I'm not talking about original sin. Yeah. But th- they've not committed a crime. Because when, when we look at Scripture, I was going to look at three other instances. Um, Genesis 9, 6, and 7 teaches us when there's been violent attacks, we, we can legally take, take that person's life to protect everyone else. If we're defending the nation, we've talked about that. Joshua 11 and 12, they, he, he actually outlined God's. These, this is how you do that. Mm-hmm. And then also, what about capital punishment? Um, capital punishment is, is lawful from God, Exodus 21, 12 through 14, because if, if we, for instance, if we say there should be no capital punishment, let's, for example, let's say uh, a murderer, a serial killer, and we say that we cannot stop them. The only way we have to stop them is to take their life. Yeah. And, and so, the, these, so capital punishment is part of that. But walk them down through the commandments. Mm-hmm. And, and by the time you get, before you ever get there, what amazes me is some people say that you just separate those commandments, but they build on each other. They do. When you love him with all your heart, and then you have no other gods before him, not take his name in vain. Uh, and and then, then it says this, you know, honor the Sabbath day. So you're, you're moving from loving him, following him, uh, not putting anything else before him, even giving him a day of the week. And then he comes out of that. The first thing he says, honor your father and your mother, for your days will be long upon the earth. And, and so now you're moving toward that. So if I'm doing these things, now he's just going to outline some things. Don't murder. Don't steal. He, he, these are just things that, that, that are common to say if, if you value life, which comes down to this, when, when you ask the question, you, you know, what's just, what's not just, yeah. it, it comes down to who do you love. Hmm. Now, again, it's not the subject of war yeah. because the war comes when the, the breach of life has been taken and you have to do something to defend it. Yeah. But the other is all about how do you value. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, across the street from us was a murder just this past year. Yeah. You know, no, no one, no one standing up for that, and we should be. Yeah, yeah. I think what helps us understand, and, and you uh, brought it to life, is that that uh, there's the law of God, and then the law of our land. And and yes, there um, is the commandment to, you know, submit to government authority. But even the government authority doesn't supersede That's that right. of what's in the Bible. And so when we think of things that are accepted by our society um, or even uh, pressed through, if it goes contrary to what God's Word said, then we shouldn't be partakers of that in that sense. And so when we talk about war and we're talking about the concepts of, you know, if I'm called upon to take a life to save another, then yes, that that makes sense. But um, abortion or, um, you know, premeditated uh, murder or... Um, just killing to kill, you know, obviously we're against all yeah. those um, let side me throw, of things. Let me throw something into you right here, yeah. a question to you. So why would someone want, what would be behind their taking another life? Why, why would that happen? I mean, I know the Sunday school answer, but 
dig a little deeper than that. Well, it's there could be a lot of different components okay. to it. So, um, but essentially, I think it boils down to them devaluing that other person. Um, I mean, there's always circumstantial things. Um, you know, it could have been violence or or things that they didn't like, so they were retaliating in a sense. It could be um, that, you know, it's an inconvenience uh, for them at this time, um, in, in which for abortion, that's the number one aborting reason is it's an inconvenience at that time, which is, you know, hard to understand because, um, or it could have been a circumstance that happened to someone that, that caused them the, the deep seat of hatred. But I think it all boils down to is the value of life in general. The, the overall value of life and whether people accept that or or don't yeah and and so I, I think if as you listen to us today and hope we we hope you do send you send your your questions to us at our email address at, at 315jacksonfbc.com now I think people are as you listen and I hope I hope that you continue with us on we, we started asking the question is there ever a just war and now we're realizing that the real war, is in, in people's hearts. And so I, I want to dig a little bit deeper because when you, you've, you've really rocked my world today uh, when you said that how many people were actually in a church within a month of abortion, which, tell, which tells us this, that the heart is tempered not to be inconvenienced. Hmm. Or, the, or even more so, it could be that the heart is being conditioned and pressured by the enemy because the murderer of all murderers is Satan. Yeah. And, and he says, you don't need this. You don't value this, but here's what I'm going to press into because I know it's near your heart. If, if you're a, if you've, let's say you've uh, a lady has been raped and God forbid that to happen. God, it is wrong. There's never justifiable for that. It's wrong and a heart's break. And so that woman comes to our church. We're going to love her. We're going to care for her. We're going to defend her. We're going to go to court with her. We're going to do all that. But we're going to say at the same time, and I want you to talk to it for a moment if you, if you feel like you can, uh, what would we say to that mother that could happen with that child? Yeah, I think um, one of the reasons why the um, that number was so high, the 40%, is um, they didn't feel the support that was necessary to help them through the circumstance that they were in. Um, I think when you are a part of a church that values life, um, but in, and not just from the womb to birth, but values life outside of that as well, um, and, and to the point where, you know, you're about adoption, you're about um, foster caring, you're about all these other components other than, well, let's just bring them into the world. I think it helps us illustrate it to them that, that life's valuable. And um, it also helps us illustrate to them that two wrongs don't make a right. Oh, that's good. Um, because sometimes we can see that deep seed of pain and think of, well, that, that kid's only going to remind me of this pain. Um, and, and, and we don't think of the avenues of, well, there's, there's a way that we can help you um, you know, through counseling. There's a ways that we can help you through um, adoption. There's other services out there. But, um, but just because something was taken from you doesn't mean that you have to take life because of that. And 
I know when the debate, the great debate comes about abortion or comes about, those are the circumstances that always come into play. Uh, what about someone who is raped? What about someone who of incest? What about these scenarios? And less than half a percent of all abortions are those scenarios. But that doesn't mean it, it doesn't happen. It just means that when it does happen, the biggest thing to do is empathize with them, love on them, tell them, you know, explain to them, um, you know, how they are loved by the Father, um, explain to them the value of life, but also help them understand that because we value life at such a high regard, taking of one is not a noble cause in that regard. Well, and, and also to add to that, the church has to be willing to step up and say, as other generations of churches, Christians have done, I'll take the child. Yeah. And, and that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's what many, many people will do. And, and so I, if, you, if you are listening today and you're considering taking a life, please don't take that life. That life has value. You say, well, that life's abusing me. Well, don't take it. Get away from it. Yeah. And, and if you've been raped or you're, you're pregnant and considering an abortion, don't do that. Contact us. We would love to help you to be able yeah. to carry that to term. Uh, and, and so I hope that you do. Here, here's another angle as we just continue to, to walk through. Is there such a thing as a just war? Is it ever right or wrong? On the opposite side, you have some people that we haven't talked about this, this section that will go to war for anything. Yeah. That, that, that want to fight, and not just on a world war, but in their homes and around, uh, around everywhere because their heart's conditioned to it. When mm-hmm. I was working through this series years ago, I came across an article that was written in 2019, um, and, and it's, uh, it's from the book World War, Words from, from the Fire by the president of Southern Seminary. He did a great job. He said this, violent death is a leading story every night in the news. And some people may ask this question, how can a kid go into a school and kill 10, 20 people if he's never shot a gun before? Here was the answer that was given. And, and you know this to be the case. By the age of 18, the average American child has seen more than 80,000 murders depicted mm. either on TV or at a, at a film or in video game. And, and listen to what Al Mohler said. We're turning our children into trained killers. And so that's an area we need to talk about as well is how we temper the heart of a child. Yeah. Uh, one of the... Um privileges of being a family pastor, seeing different family dynamics. Um, in, in one of our uh, families that we have, um, they have done a good job of um, in the raising of their kid, but uh, at the same time, it's like a, it's almost abnormal in today's society in the way that, that the upbringing has been, um, because he's more naive to things. Um, they're uh, and, and we use the term sheltered, and, and oftentimes if we're not careful, we make fun of that because it's different than the normal. Um, whereas a kid that's been plugged into the public school system or um, has been um, a part of multiple things throughout culture, um, it's ingrained in us uh, to act that way, as, as you've talked about, and, and as Moeller even um, alludes to, is that, that the taking of life, it's, it's almost a numbness. Um, and that, that seeps in, um, regardless if it's video games, if it's the, just watching the news in general. Uh, there's not these feel-good stories as, as it was back in your day. Um, it's, you know, this is what sells. 
And because of that, the ratings uh, push and and that, it, it just shows that the value of a lost life is worth reporting more than what's going around positively. And so, yeah, if I'm a, if I'm a child and I don't like my circumstance, I don't like my parents or my upbringing, I don't like how I'm being treated at school with other people, I don't like, you know, the what's going on around me, then my only choice from that point, and what I would think, or my reason to deduct is, well, then if my life isn't worth living, then I want to take those who are, are oppressing me. Or, so or I'm miserable, me. and I'm going to make them pay yes. for the misery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and when we think of it in that way, uh, that person has then, when they got to the point where they want to act upon it, then they've taken out what the consequences would be to that, and they're just going for it. And that's and that's why you see the amount of shootings that we see um, because the value of life's not there anymore, and the changing of their circumstance is greater um, than than the reality. And it, and it really really is because the perception that Hollywood gives to us uh, that says this is reality. Yeah. I mean, how long has it been since you probably participated in a, in a series of programs on TV that did not have some murder plot to it at some point? I mean, for example, my wife loves Hallmark. I mean, there, there's now a Hallmark mystery channel. And what few times I've watched that particular thing, it's always revolved around some murder. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's become such a, such a part of our lives. But if you look at the Ten Commandments, for example, God is not just de-escalating the thing. Because in Scripture, you talk, it talks about how, how, that, how that anger goes into wrath and wrath goes into clamor. And then that actually literally goes into committing murder. God's not de-escalating things. God's changing the heart. Mm. And, and, and really, at the essence of guys, as you listen to the podcast, this is where we, we are really trying to get to today, to say that, that we believe that there is a just war. There is a just war when it comes to, Chris, when nations need to be defended and when freedom and people's lives are at stake. There is an unjust war. It's an unjust war when, we, when it's about self, when, it, when it's about uh, imposing your will over someone else's that's wrong, of mistreating them. But all wars begin with men. Hmm. They, they don't begin with a political concept because that concept began with man. And so men begin wars. And so if men are, are gathering together with murder already in their hearts, this is always going to be the issue that will culminate with a group of people that that is their answer. And then you have other people who have been abused. And for them saying there's no reason to go to war because the wars they've seen have been totally unjust. Yeah. And so they're in a trap. But then comes the offer of help. The, the author of help is this deliverer that comes who's Jesus. And as y'all listen to us today, I'm using country terms where I'm from. <laughs> as, as you listen today, I want to tell you the, the only reason that Chris and I don't have murder in our hearts today is because Jesus came for us and changed our heart. And, and that's so important. And some would say, would, would you ne- uh, Pastor, would you, would you ever commit murder in your home? I would not intentionally commit murder. But if someone broke into my home in my protection of my kids, and there was no other way. But even then, I, w- I would do my best to try to wound the person so they would not be killed because they have a soul. Mm-hmm. And, and, Chris, that's, that's, that is the reason Christ came was for our souls. It is. And I understand uh, the, 
concept of how God has worked um, in such a way that wants us to value life at a high regard. Um, and uh, because of that and that conditioning that I have now, uh, there have been times in my life when I was young and dumb in faith um, that I would have been like, yeah, just, you know, wipe them out or, or um, you know, good riddance. And now uh, where I am now in the maturing process is the good point that you brought up of wounding them um, or trying to figure a way out of that situation because they have a soul. And and when when I started seeing people as not as objects or as um, the originators of my problem or my pain or my frustration, but instead saw them as people that need saving or need the grace of God, what I started seeing was that they mattered. Chris, I've, I've seen that in, in your life of the progression and the love that you have for Christ. And, and as we begin to move toward wrapping up, I hope that you, uh, if you're listening to us, it really helps us to come back with questions, comments as well, and, and we'll respond to those. And several folks have, have already been responding and saying, keep this up. This has been good for me as I drive to work and help me to think in a conversational way. But just before we wrap up, this one other thought came uh, into my mind in, in relationship to value in life and not value in life. You know, when war wars are fought or conflicts are fought, often it comes into heart there, there's a hate for a people group after mm. that. My, my grandfather uh, was around in World War II, and so even though he was not engaged in the conflict, uh, because of, of his health. Until he got saved, my grandfather hated every person that was either German or Japanese. And and young kids, would he would see a, a young Japanese kid who was born in, in the 60s, like I was, late 60s, and, and there would just be a hate in his heart. War messes everything up. It does. And, and so I, we, we would say to somebody out there, be careful and guard your heart. War, war is hell in any way you turn it. And people know even your enemies can be forgiven. And one of the greatest things that, that came out for me of, of seeing some war, uh, a, great, a great sergeant, I can't think of his name right now. He's actually uh, been in churches. He pastored. He went back to uh, Vietnam. He lost his legs in Vietnam and found the man that threw the grenade. Now, and what He found the guy that... Uh, threw the grenade, and led him to Jesus. Hmm. And, and you know what? They're friends now. Only God can do that. And, friend, I want to tell you, God can make good that come out of anything. Yeah, because uh, in order to get to the value of life, in order to get to this concept of acceptance and, and seeing people, is that there has to be a change within one's heart that only Christ provides. Uh, and only he brings out the the hatred and the disdain that we have for others, and only he fills that with his love. And so um, if, if there's an issue of um, within yourself on, you know, I, I just can't get over this circumstance, I can't get over what they've done to me, I can't, um, I, I just can't get past that, then I would ask, well, where are you in standing with Christ? Uh, have you gone to him for salvation? I know we've alluded to that in other podcasts and have people search that answer. But if if we want to walk in the way that he's called us to walk and through the lens that he's called us to walk, 
and then it starts with that relationship with him and then everything else will will grow from that um, but if that relationship doesn't start then what we've talked about and and what we've even taught in this time will will be nonsense to the world because we're conditioned to hate one another we're conditioned to only look out for ourselves and value ourselves more than than others and when we go down that pathway that's what leads us to destruction because the enemy's winning the battle as you talked about earlier satan being the ultimate enemy that's coming to uh, kill steal and destroy and devour all those in his way but jesus comes to bring life and in life abundantly and so our hope is that as we as you've listened to this um and and if you are saved that you'd be encouraged to look at people um, in a new lens not based off circumstance but based off uh, creation of god of high value and high importance and then if you're not saved that you would be able to say well I'm, I don't want to walk in this bitterness anymore. I don't want to walk in this this temperament or this this hatred. I want this new life that you're talking about. And if that's you and you want us to reach out to you and, and call you, please please let us know. You can you know call our church. Um, uh, you can find us on jacksonfbc.com. Um, you can email the podcast at 315 at jacksonfbc.com. Uh, there's, there's avenues uh, for that. Or you can go to your local church as well. Um, and, and sit with their, with your pastor, uh, but but if that's where you are, then then uh, that's you know the God leading you in that way, and so we hope that you would get the the answers that you may need in in the direction. Well, I really hope as you listen today that you do that. I think some of you that are listening today would have to say that you know people who need to hear this today. I encourage you to get them signed up for the podcast to tell them what it is and how they can pick up the other episodes of what we've talked about as well. Because, friend, if you're a Christian today, you need to know that God's changed your heart. If he's changed your heart, you know he can change somebody else's heart. I hope you reach out to us if you're not a Christian today. Say, why would I want to be a Christian? Just for the reasons we've talked about there, not yeah. themselves. That, that change of heart, a change of life, take you from love to hate. Uh, the, the Bible puts it this way, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So today he can become the Lord of your life and you can live free of those things in a different way. So reach out to us, and and Chris, just tell us all the different places that you can find us. Yeah, we're on all the social media platforms. Uh, you can find us on any podcast listening software, um, and then you can also uh, always email us at 315podcast at jacksonfbc.com um, or contact us on through our church website at jacksonfbc. Uh, thank you for listening to us, and we hope you have a good rest of, of your day.